0: They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Breaking up, Captain. Oh boy. Nick, I think you flashed. Get it? I <laughs> did. <laughs>
1: Oh, What's uh, up, everyone? Welcome to episode <laughs> 122 two of The Magic Guys. I'm Josh of us. To my side is Nick Kay, And down below Good morning. is Howdy. Douglas Khan here, Thank I'm... you for joining us on this fine morning or evening or wherever, wherever you're watching this from. Uh, I thought that was a funny line to say Nick that's flashed, a... you know, because that that's an um, Eric uh, LeClaire joke. I've seen him say, oh, you flashed. And then he like doot, does a quick doot of the light.
0: Well, he and shows his nipples. Hot. I immediately wanted light, one of the He lights
1: light his ball. nipples.
2: He goes, boop. Oh, he has he, like two lights. With like the lights. So he kind of does, Yeah, like he's like here and then he's like, yeah, boop. Yeah. He oh, goes, you flashed
1: app. when it, like whenever the magicians are jamming, he'd be like, oh, you flashed, boop. <laughs> it's great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Good morning, everyone from wherever uh, you are. It's 10 AM and we're normally used to waking up at the crack of noon here in Melbourne town. So, yeah, duck oh, it. 7 p.m where you are
0: well yeah, i don't even know what time it is i'm coming off a three weekend bender at a magic convention i've had like six mm. hours sleep in seven days i don't even know it was, that's it, right it you just got back Tuesday. From- i don't even know but <laughs> what are your questions Look- tonight with me
1: what a life it is to be able to say that that you're tired from running around at magic conventions like- yeah well Look,
0: I, you're I, it's right just, it, it is i am blessed i am a blessed individual but as they say, you make your own luck, baby. I busted my ass to go to get to this point. So I'm going to reap the rewards of busting said ass.
1: Yeah. I love it. Amen. Well, look, it's not just us three today, is
2: it, Nick? We've- uh, it. No. We accumulated-
0: have someone from
2: an entirely different time zone, actually. He's traveling back in time. He's two hours slower. It might be because he's on the other side of Australia, but I think it's a good time to announce him. Yes. Look.
1: This gentleman, when I first met him, he was living in South Africa when this podcast very first started, when the podcast was a little baby, as he might have been too, because he's he's much younger than us, but he has taken himself from South Africa to Australia to get even closer to the Magic Guys, but he's based in Perth. This guy, I feel like, has the hands of Guy Hollingworth, and um, we're about to find out why it's important. Yet again, to read magic books, because you get the skills that kills. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome
2: Dominic Miles to the street. There it is, people. The hands of Guy Hollingsworth and the face of a Disney prince. Look at him go.
0: I love it, it when we have what is sure to be the future superstars of certainly card magic. Who knows where Dominic can go, because I've seen this guy grow for a couple of years, and I'm excited to have this man's point of view today. What's up, Dom?
3: Thank you. Hey, guys. So, thank you so much for your kind words. It's so I'm so excited to be here.
2: Yeah. Well, word has it, Dom, that you're not just well-versed in the realm of magic, that uh, you're also a sportsman.
3: Yes. Yes. So, um, ultimately, my dream is uh, to play professional cricket. Uh, for all those Americans out there, cricket is pretty much the longer version of um, baseball. F- so, but yeah, <laughs> we're going to get. Back you are aware.
2: You are yes. aware. This isn't a sports podcast, right? This is. Uh, like, I don't,
3: I'm afraid like, I don't have much to we, talk about. Then we do magic
2: not- here, Dom. We're oh, in the sorry. wrong place. You know, when I met Dom, and yeah.
0: he, he, he uh, <laughs> and this was going back to the early days of our uh Zoom jams with the magic guys, he said that his dream was to be a prof- professional sports player, and I think that mindset mm-hmm. is kind of the similar kind of brain you got to have to. Want to be a sleight of hand Mm. guy, at least. and Yeah. I'm I'm not surprised to see you've continued along a wonderful path. I've seen some of the work Mm. you're doing, and I think you're going to show us some today. What? Mm. Mm.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm very excited.
0: Should
1: we start things off just to set the baseline of what we're talking about here and, and share a little sneak peek of Dom's work?
0: Just going to throw them into the pit like that, huh? Just get right in there and do something.
1: Right. Hey guys, it's Josh here, your neighborhood friendly podcast host. Just pausing the pod for a second. Dom does three performances throughout this podcast and they are stunning. And I encourage you to go and watch it on YouTube. But to save you having to sit through a minute of hearing patter each time and not being able to see anything, I'm just going to fast forward that for you here so we can just get to the the actual um audio parts of us talking about uh the tricks and talking with dom but know that you can go anytime to youtube watch the videos and uh, with that said let's get back to the pod
2: Oi. Thank oh oh folks you just witnessed some jedi level sleight of hand there and so you <laughs> need to watch this on youtube by all means that was great dom thank you thank you, Dom's thank like, you.
0: yeah here's my opener <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem live on the internet sure i got you
2: man. why not thank actually, you actually thank you i much. have a question for you dom i mean yes. one of the things that as a as an opening trick that i try to do is i always try to perform something that i have um full confidence in that i've done a million times that i don't have to worry for an absolute second that mm-hmm. that my heart or my adrenaline's going too hard or anything of that nature um that looks like a really hardcore piece of sleight of hand, whereas my opening pieces typically are, are not. Um, mm. You have that much confidence and comfort that you just feel like you're going to open with something that gnarly? Like, that is how well versed treat, you are. You were
0: just given us yeah. a treat. That's what that was, me thinks. <laughs> Thank
3: you. Yeah, I am. Um, so, if you haven't figured out by now, Guy Hollingworth is my favorite magician. <laughs> I am. Um, I've actually got his book behind me here. Um, so, when I, uh, probably when, again, when COVID just started, uh, hit in South Africa about, um, just over two years ago, I, um, I didn't really have a sufficient amount of magic books in my library. I, maybe I had have, I have like a handful had um, Ed Marlowe, um, Juan Tamaris book, but, uh, anyway, it wasn't that much. Um, and I remember watching this, uh, YouTube channel called Conjuring Community, um, mm-hmm community and uh, they were reviewing clips of this guy named this person named Guy Hollingworth and I was like oh let me, you know, it looks interesting and um, I remember watching the first trick they reviewed was this was this um, exact effect and I remember the first time um, I remember the exact moment seeing that first ace melt through his jacket to the other side I remember just
0: Were they going, reviewing just, the London like, collection video? Yes,
3: yes hmm. One yes, of the best. As well as his of routines video. A
0: true, yes. a true artistic view at sleight of hand, not just oh, yes. a show and tell under the studio lights. It's really. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
3: And um, I remember just being amazed by this. And and, and so it sounds a bit strange, but also I felt like a bit emotional because you just see this guy perform and you like, he's put so many hours of practice in and he's, he's dedicated his, like, many hours and um, his life to this and I I just saw that and I'm like, I've got to learn this because this looks, it's beautiful. It's amazing. That's and also, uh, I remember.
1: That's also what yes. people think when they see Doug's uh, Sponge Bunny's routine.
0: women weep and i have changed (laughs) men from heterosexual to otherwise they're like this guy just
1: put his whole life into this routine it just makes me (laughs) want to yeah sorry carry on
0: (laughs) 30 seconds is like most of my love life outstanding no so
3: um yeah i um i i immediately i was probably in i suppose september um when i saw that routine and uh, immediately, I was like to my mother, "Can I, Can I? Can you buy this book for me?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'll get it for Christmas." So I had to wait like a couple of months. So I was just like waiting in anticipation. And um, as soon as I got the book, I opened it and uh, started learning like that routine. That. Mm. So I've I've been um, I've been working on it. I mean, it's obviously it's a, a continuous journey, but I've been working on it for around two years now. So it's. It's Let, let's yeah. it not I mean be, it's
0: you know, quaint about it. You've you've put uh, your own kind of thoughts into it. You've communicated with Guy, you've reached out to him and he's looked at your work mm. and had some, you know, mm. feedback and you know, so mm. you care that much to go to the creator and say, Would you look at what I'm working on and give me some constructive criticism? And yeah, a lot of magicians won't take that step, you know, and mm. kudos. Mm.
3: I mean my I mean my attitude towards learning magic I mean a very uh, I was very fortunate that I was able to have a lesson with uh, David Williamson I don't know if you know him <laughs> Hello, <guys. laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but he he told me he just said to me like i performed some of the routines that I was practicing and he just said to me um, that you've got to have the attitude of um Pick, pick like a handful of things that you like really truly enjoy performing and just be the best them, like be the best at performing that in the world, like yeah. have that sort of attitude. So that's what I try and do with yeah. the stuff that I really enjoy learning. And that,
2: yep, sorry so Nick. what age? what age were you when you started doing magic?
3: So it's a long story. <laughs> so I um, I was five years old when I was first introduced to magic. My mother had a magician at my first birthday party and ever since then, I said to my mom, "Oh, I want to like be a magician." And I remember um, uh, my mom was sort of like you know shrugged it off. You know, maybe bought one or two uh, you know cheap tricks from the, the from the store to keep me entertained. But I, I remember um, there's this place in Cape Town called the College of Magic. Um, if anyone doesn't know, it's an organization that helps um, nonprofit organization. That um, it's basically like Hogwarts. It's amazing. It's awesome. You go there. Um, I used to go to the classes on Saturday morning. And you went to this school. Um,
0: That's so yes. good.
2: Yeah. And, and it's, at what age, it's what really age did cool. you start going to the academy, uh, Don? Yes.
3: So you can start going to the college once you are 10 years old. Um, so as soon as I turned 10, I uh, so you can do seven courses at the college. Course one and two are both six months. So when I was 10, I went there for the full year and the course one and two. And then uh, cricket took over, so I had to take a break from that. Um, so I took a year Can off. Can you
0: talk a little um, bit more about this school and yeah, what yes. the courses might be there? Yes. Because
1: yeah. we heard a little bit about this when when we had Andy Gladwin on, on the podcast. Yeah. But he talked about yes. it from the perspective of him and Josh Joshua Jay would uh, sponsor it and go there every year. But you're actually in it. Like you know, mm. learning all the goods. Yeah, yeah. What's it? Like? Yeah,
3: and it's it's really cool. So it's uh, I mean, it's been a long time since I've uh, been to a class there. I mean, the last time I went to I had a class there it was from when I, when I was about twelve years old. But uh, from what I remember, it's you know you come in on a Saturday morning, and class starts at I think at quarter and oh, it's like nine o'clock, and it's class runs for about an hour. You got maybe um, uh, ten. Ten other guys with you in the class, and um, basically each course teaches you about a different sort of um, area really? or topic. Yeah, topic in magic. Yeah. I know. Um, I mean, uh, course one and two are pretty general, um, pretty like basic beginners, like getting you um, getting you into into um, into magic and teaching you like the core fundamentals of you know presenting yourself to your audience and um, how to, yeah, own your space on stage and, um, you know, just the, the key communication
2: sort of so fundamentals those things. Yeah, mm, totally. That's very because what's, what's very interesting is that the reason why I asked what age you got into magic is that you have this very, very mature way of looking at it and presenting it. Yeah. And one of the things that's sort of <laughs> spoken about, which I think I might, might have mentioned this, where it's the notion is that however old you were when you got into magic is like the mental maturity you have as a performer. Mm. Um, which is why like we, guys are getting into fa- like when they're five years old, they have this sort of like immature notion about it. Whereas I was 23 when I got into magic and mm. have this really grown up way of thinking about it and presenting it to, to people. Whereas I guess mm. the influence that this Academy had, you know, has like, you have such a mature and elegant mm. way of thinking about it. And I think the Academy is like really, really thank to, to thank for that. Like it's a really good yeah, influence. In, that's
3: for yeah, for sure. No, and obviously, um, you know the the, the college has, has done so much for me, and it's done so much for others. Um, the people that run it are incredibly amazing. What's the age I mean, range um, of the students? You were so 10 or eleven. Yeah, so ten ten years old to, and then obviously the so course one and two are both six months, and then course three to course seven are uh, is a year. So roughly around you can finish there roughly around. Uh, I'd say most students finish there around 16, 17, 18 years old, um, more 17, 18. Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a it's a good range of 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 people there. And um, you yeah, because the really not, the thing that I really enjoyed about it is after class, um, there's like the sort of cafeteria area, and everyone goes and just hangs out and talks and catches up about everyone's weeks and jams. Um, so it's, it's really cool. And obviously, um, one thing they don't mention about the college is that they, uh, especially to the parents is that there's a shop as well. Um, every week I would go up to the shop and, um, go and jam with, um, there's a really cool guy there or a couple of cool guys I, just, um, interact with. Just the with.
0: weekends, is that all it was? Were they, where were they, so, uh, the shop the, the college.
3: Yeah, so during the week, um, it was open during the week, but uh, and I do I do know there was a class for high school kids uh, on a Thursday nice afternoon because mm. some some high school kids, uh, especially myself, late on we had sport on the weekend, so we couldn't um, during the weekend, so we yeah. couldn't make. So yeah, but it was mainly during the weekend that it was, you know, running and but it was it was open during the week. Uh, that, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I,
2: I wonder how too dissimilar it is from like the Tannin's Magic camps and so forth. I mean, the camps mm. are different, obviously. That's like a 10 week, or not a 10 weeks, it's like a, a couple of weeks they're away or something. And they're kind of, you know, kind of intensive, sort of. Um, it's year
0: round. That's a difference, right? It stays oh, there yeah. open mm. all the time.
2: Like, yeah. Mm. Like what a remarkable yeah. thing to have, you know, and, yeah, and how it's. More of those.
0: We need more of those. Exactly. How it's
2: not propagated across each continent, like it would be Mm. so beneficial to the art of magic, you know? And one of the things that I think that would be amazing, while um, here in Australia, especially uh, for our international listeners, is that there's a lot of things called like art grants. So you can go to the government and say, oh, I'm going to do a play, and I would like a grant Mm. from the government. And the government then says, cool, man, what's your play? And you go, here's my play, all written down, and you submit the grant, and the government goes that cool this is probably going to be rubbish but here's 10 grand to go and make it Mm -hmm. you can't go to them and say i'm going to do a magic show can i have 10 grand to get this thing off the ground they will say "Ah, ah, magic is not an art form so if not if your name is
0: doug Doug henning Mm. (laughs) doug henning accomplished exactly
2: that yeah and that is the type of thing that like if we all Were influenced the way you've been influenced, Dom. I feel that we would be able to propagate magic forward in that way. If maybe in 10 years from now that it is finally recognized as an art form, I think that would be super cool.
0: I got to see Doug Hennings. The proposal, his grant that he authored and sent to the government about what he intended to do with the money. And it was like, I'm going to spend a week in New York studying with Slidini, and then I'm going to go to the West Coast and spend a month there learning from these masters here. And then I'm going to go over here and learn from this guy. It was like six or seven pages of curriculum that he had laid out for the government showing what his pursuit was going to be to learn the art form, mm. including mime, dance class, and other things. So um, yeah. that's the kind yeah. of approach you need, I guess, for that kind of thing to happen.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, to yeah. To, to, to finish, yeah, to answer the, the question, uh, I mean, yeah, so I – I was involved with the college from when I was ten to eleven, then had a year off, and I got injured, so I was out of sport for a year. Um, so I went back to the college from when I was twelve to thirteen, and then I took quite a big uh, break from magic—just uh, cricket and school and life just was, you know, taking over everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then in twenty eighteen, um, I remember, <laughs> I remember very clearly seeing a a video of uh, Chris Pratt doing a card trick on the Graham Norton show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the best card trick in the world, is it claims, on the YouTube. Yes, newspaper. indeed. Yeah. His showmanship and, was um, just... Yeah, yeah. And right. then from there, I was I was just hooked. And um, I, haven't, so yeah, cool. I haven't looked back since. Chris so, Pratt bringing in the
2: youth. Don't I have one more question Can before we press that? on to the next segment? Uh, and that is yeah. that... From the chat and everyone around us, uh, everyone says that you are like a phenomenal card guy. I'm just interested. Is there any other disciplines in magic like cups and balls or coins that you Mm. also enjoy?
0: Sponge bunnies, perhaps?
2: Yeah.
3: (laughs) No, I've I've dabbled. I've dabbled. Um, I am currently working on a, a, um, a coin assembly by Ross Bertram. Um I I do dabble in in coins um but I don't know I don't know what it is but cards for me I just I just love them I uh, they're very is I for me uh, something that's very therapeutic is I'll just after a long day of, of training and work I'll just come home and um put on some some jazz or some classical music and just you know play with cards and and just you know jam for hours in the, and I look at my watch and I'm like, oh, I need to go to bed because, you know, i <laughs> up early tomorrow. I remember <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I Yeah, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that I, I certainly enjoy watching other types of magic. Like, for example, the David uh, Copperfield TV specials, oh man, I could watch those all day. Those are so cool. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, and I enjoy watching other types of magic just for me personally at the moment. I mean, that might change in the future, but right now, cards are just, Cause are where it's at for me, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, Someone mentioned yeah. on Instagram that, that you're really good at uh, Matrix or that at least they've seen you do a Matrix.
3: No, no. My friend Lee, no. <laughs> he, he was just joking. He, he knows okay, I'm working. He said you he's look like your-
1: you're in the Matrix. That's what he said. Oh,
3: okay. He's seen yeah, you no, working I mean, up he- that <laughs> Ross
0: Bertram stuff, huh? That's what he's seen. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. Yeah,
3: no, no. I'm, Speaking uh, of good magicalness,
1: good uh, our, our, our buddy, Scotty P, who's in the chat right now and as you've seen been – conjuring up some wicked animations of the podcast who knows what he'll make from this clip but um i thought i'd just share with you his clip from uh from last week he posted here we go
2: For every show, I drink almost a litre of, like, a protein smoothie. I then have two coffees, and then I also have this bottle of water, and then I spend uh, the entire time doing the podcast just holding in my pee.
0: (laughs) How long can he hold it?
1: (laughs) Scotty pee. Nick's gone to go pee. That's... I'll be back in (laughs)
2: a (laughs) sec.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, yeah, thank you, Scotty. <laughs> Everyone, go. Yeah, so that was amazing. Show Scotty some love. Yeah. Amazing. Winter I love it. Yeah. great. That's great. So, in um in Perth, how have you found the magic scene there? Like, are you finding yourself jamming with many magicians yeah. there, or no, is it?
3: For sure. They no. are definitely quite a few people that I really enjoy um, jamming with. There's the um, the Western Australian Society of Magicians.
2: Um, Twenty
0: four minutes is the answer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that I was going to have to like hold in a poop this app, I'm doing okay so far TMI fit. Yeah, so it's always like a, it's two coffees every time okay. <laughs> That's one's down, there's the other one here oh, I'm on crazy. my second my second one of these um, Stay yeah, hydrated is, Gotta stay hydrated, bro But also mm-hmm. have to pee in For- the middle of the show <laughs> Uh, that's that's yeah. why we have segments. Pro tips. Pro
0: tips. Yeah. Right. If I knew that video was
1: like two minutes long, you would have made it there and back without anyone yeah. even <laughs> noticing. You know.
0: How fun would that have been?
1: Uh, brilliant. Well, hey, now that now, now that you're back, Dom, I think you have uh, another piece of magic you might be able to share with us. If, if I yeah, sure, sure, um, sure, sure, sure. We'll just talk, and you let us know when you're ready. Um,
3: yeah, I can. I'm I'm fine I'm fine to um, let me uh, I can pan this down a little bit I'm I'm fine with um, let's go then. good time huh? all right yeah let's do it let's do all it right. um there we yeah, go yeah buddy <laughs> damn thank, thank you very you much understand
0: that trick I've read that Whoa. trick I've learned that trick and yep. that was excellent I see Maher does it I <laughs> don't get it. it doesn't make sense It's like a magic trick or something.
3: You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That was, that's still, uh, still a working progress. A little bit. Sorry about that. But, uh, no, no. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that's, uh, another trick by, Carl uh, Hollingworth, which is, uh,
0: Hey, I have, I have a Hollingworth question. Do you have quartet?
3: Yes. Okay. You have it? I do.
0: Do you perform it? No. <laughs> right,
3: well, we're going to no, talk about no, that when we
0: session on your other trick
3: you'll do later. Yes, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I'm I mean, to be honest, we have it,
0: but yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh, are you talking about the book, the book itself, or the booklet itself, or the? Hey, um,
0: I'm all interested in this. If you, if you can talk about it with me, really. So,
3: no, <laughs> I unfortunately, I, I do not. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: unfortunately, well, okay, not, we have I a question. Um, yeah, uh, I, I believe it's directed to you from a good friend, Bob Possible, and it says, "Yes, did you?" Ever learn any Channing Pollock?
3: Oh, yeah. So Channing Pollock, uh, I haven't explored too much into him at the moment. I I definitely like to try find a book of his that I could. um, About
0: to say, I got a question for Bob. How do you learn Channing Pollock? You just do what Lance did and watch him. Because I don't, I'm not aware of any published not books of his anyway. Mm.
3: Hmm. I wonder if it's Bob just knows. I'm asking who...
0: Bob, so I'm asking you, Bob, where do you learn Channing Pollock? Go Google that and let us know.
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah, but um,
0: I've, I've definitely, um, He doesn't
2: know.
3: <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've,
0: definitely, I've definitely
2: watched people have been influenced and learned from Channing Pollock. I think that it, like mm. Channing Pollock, um, was he the was one that came up with the method to do like the rock, paper, scissors? You know, when you see that type of thing being performed, like it's obviously influence, <laughs> it's got to be documented somewhere, is my point. <laughs> um, for some reason, my Spanish magician friends seem to have a lot of knowledge about Channing Pollock's work, and I don't know where it's being held. Like, I don't know how we yeah. access it.
0: Really? Channing you know? Pollock is influencing yeah. the Spaniard school?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Every time, I know. Um, the, anything mentalist based that I've I've learned from, oh, no, Spanish magician. That's who I'm hmm. thinking. i that you can find. Thank you. There, That's yes, what I was thinking.
0: There is printed material on him. But to say <laughs> Channing Pollock's like, there's a dove, and you were thinking of the number six. There's five more. Pow. Pollock yeah, was a dove man. Times. He influenced uh, Lance Burton.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see Dom. yeah uh, Dom. Jeez. Now I'm combining. Oh yeah, names. I could
0: see I where could Bob where Bob comes in with that question because Dom, Dom's suave and debonair.
1: Yeah, I was like I can see Dom producing a dove act after Reformation. Yeah. I could see it.
0: Mm. Now you gotta get birds done. Mm.
3: Illegally, probably from Australia. Just walking out on the street. Yeah, no, I I've definitely I've definitely watched um I've definitely watched quite a bit of Channing Pollock. I love yeah, it's he's very elegant, very um yeah, I, I like watching Channing Pollock. Um, and Cardini those are two manipulation acts that I really enjoy watching especially Cardini Cardini is incredible um, are you kidding yeah, he's, he's amazing real magic he's am-
0: it's so hard to do real magic
3: it is it is it is it's, it's difficult to 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 do good magic and it's even more um, difficult to present it well which is a, something that I'm you know learning a lot about trying to learn a lot about so mm.
2: speaking of learning we were talking a lot about um, books and the influences that obviously all the mediums we can learn magic from, whether it be downloads or anything of that nature. One Mm. of the things when I first started doing magic that was constantly, constantly being told to me was all the good stuff is hidden in books. And Mm. how true do you think that is versus stuff being on DVD or download or anything else? Mm.
3: I definitely think it is true to a certain point. Um, I, I, I really, um, I think I I do agree with the statement. If you want to keep it a secret, put it in a book. Um, I, yeah. And I, I personally, in my opinion, I prefer learning from books. Um, obviously there are, there are elements and concepts of magic that are better learned online, uh, through the video through video and downloads. But, um, I think a lot of, um, you, you're able to have a lot more creative, um, license and expression through learning with a book I find because when you read a book it's almost like you've got to imagine what it looks like in your head in some in some sense um, and you've got to interpret the interpret the writing yourself you know mm-hmm. so and everyone interprets something slightly differently so I think that's the beauty of learning from magic books um, I feel like you can be a lot more uh, you can be a lot more detailed in your description with books. Um, and I feel like, um, yeah, you, it's just something you can always come back to. You know, you don't need a battery. A book doesn't need a battery. You know, you don't have to charge it. They also <laughs> uh, often it can,
0: contain a man's life, life's work versus the latest gimmick mm. that you know someone's trying to get over on you. Mm. You know, so if mm. you spend your money on something like a book, you get a volume of material mm. to learn you know, from instead of something I, that'll go in a drawer.
2: You know, I'd I agree with over. that. I was. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like I always think that like, it's great to live a life worth writing a book about. And the fact that you can put that sort of information in, in text and everything else is kind of great. But one of the things I've got Mm. to share this story, Um, Danny D Ortiz was in Melbourne doing shows and I was politely driving him back and forth from his, uh, from his motel and whatever else. And on the drive, yeah, great guy. Absolutely lovely. And like we go to the, like we went to the supermarket. He was being hilarious. He was, doing time forces on like coca-cola and stuff Uh, just had me in stitches it was just a great time but we got back in the car and i'm about to take him home and one of the things that spun me out is uh are you guys familiar with the emc collections you know uh you know dave williamson's done one yeah um Mm. yeah are you familiar with those ones
0: yeah, very much so. so. Yeah, Paul yeah, Daniels really has one.
2: Uh, Danny yeah. has one. He had the first yeah. one, I think, didn't
0: he? Or one yeah. of the first?
2: Yeah, so they're, they're, they're typically box sets that consist of about four to five DVDs, and it's literally a person's life works yeah. on there. And I think that these are an awesome, awesome resource that's being captured. Um, what's his name's responsible for that? Uh, the, the illusion Luis is from... De Matos. Luis De Luis De and his production yeah. team are doing that. And it's so great, because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have all the stuff you know that, that we have on there. But... What's amazing about this is that Danny De Ortiz has done two of these. <laughs> wow! So for he's me, for me, guy. for me, that's like he's lived two magic lifetimes. That's phenomenal. He's also
0: young still, I think. Yeah, and I remember yeah.
2: sitting with him, and I said, "Danny, you've done two of these box sets. This is like you living two lifetimes. How do you keep coming up with material?" And in that moment, he just turns to me and says, "I make another one." <laughs> <laughs> like he's Damn. got more material like guys live like three lifetimes you Damn. know mm. of magic like can you are you serious that's crazy mm. I'm, nice. I'm so grateful
1: that uh, that they made uh, Paul Daniels set the Bravura set box set that one was just me, watching mm.
0: David Williamson's with the oh.
2: brand so good yeah. so yeah. amazing mm. to see behind what was his the name scenes? with the one arm one arm Your name? Lavon, Renee Lavon, And it's funny because I actually <laughs> said to him, I go like, thank you for capturing that because it was literally, he passed like months later and um, he put so much effort into it. And I actually met Luis de Matos and I said to him like, thank you for doing this. This is just so important for magic. Like keep, please keep doing it, you know? Uh, especially <laughs> after Rene Lavon had just passed and he said, it's my worst selling one and it has the best material because people don't realize you can do his material with two hands. Like damn, learn it learn the crumbs mm. in the cup it's just a beautiful piece of magic so mm. yeah mm. totally yeah <sighs> that's amazing no, I, I definitely
3: think there's i definitely think there's advantages to um as i was saying earlier, different advantages of having visual aids and visual learning resources um and yeah you get to experience you know guys that um you know you might not who might haven't you know haven't published a book yet or or, um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think there's definitely pros and cons to both learning resources. So. I can
0: tell a little story time here. I was in Dallas last weekend at uh, the Pebble Palooza, small gathering of sleight hand mm. enthusiasts, some of the best in the world, in fact. And Gary Plants, the last event of the weekend was him showing videos of greats that no one has seen before. Uh, Die Vernon footage, Mike Skinner roger klaus some really old footage as well like t nelson downs and some things mm. that you know haven't got out there yeah. wow uh That'd be awesome. what a joy that was here's here was a funny thing that happened he's showing the footage, footage of a three-card monty mob filmed in 1993 wow. the real deal right these guys were filmed guess who's in the video Yours truly I was like, what? <laughs> In 1993, my buddy Greg Gibson had arranged a meeting with a three-card money mob in Gottlieb Kogel's magic shop that he ran out of his house. I'm standing there, you know, playing the shill or playing the rube, and these guys are just showing the hustle. It's over an hour of wow. real work wow. on how to run them. These guys just opened up everything. You know, the fake money, how to switch the cards. The banter is there. So I'm getting this, that tape from Gary.
1: Is this how you got put in prison one of those
0: times? You know, as, I'm, as I'm watching this, I'm like, now all these guys are going to think I ran the money mob back in the 90s because
2: <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what it looked like.
0: You know, I'm just kind of <laughs> staring around this video. <laughs>
2: what's the, what's just a smoking doing? a cigar and flicking a coin in the corner. Very much,
0: that was very much, you know. It was yeah, interesting because yeah, I had a head full of hair back in those days.
2: They're like, that's you, Doug?
1: <laughs>
0: like, yeah. Was me. Remember, and I bet if you listen closely...
1: After you do the bet, you're like, that's worthy of a like and share. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh. if I, um, I know that the guy who filmed it, Greg Gibson, my buddy, he invited me to that shoot. I'm sure I could get that original footage. I wonder if he'd let me share it on YouTube. I bet that would be just a great freaking thing to ask have available.
2: Him, ask him if we can have a private viewing party for all the... Like subscribers wow. of the channel, and we can all just watch it together, but not keep it. Nick's ready to be a gatekeeper to the real work or, of the Monty. It would be a public or,
0: service announcement.
1: Or say, can we will can we upload it if Scotty P animates the whole thing? So it's oh, the original audio, but <laughs> so it's over oh, an man. hour. Get so, <laughs> ready, Scotty. You know, we'll keep the identities. <laughs>
0: There's a lot going yeah. on too, man. It's, this guy yeah. doesn't shut up the whole time.
1: That's it. Should we keep these uh, these gig stories going with our little? A little
2: stinger mm. segment. Let's kick it. <laughs> and continuing with his geek story, throwing back. Yeah, to I Doug forgot Bond. we had
0: segments now. <laughs> I want to just talk about one more thing. While I was in Dallas, although we could talk about Gary Plant still, this guy Gary Plants, he's been around forever, long enough to have the videos of these like Dive Vernon footage and stuff like that. Mm. In his lecture, he showed a version of Out of This World that blew my mind and you got to know a guy that can show a version of out of this world and blow my mind Mm. is like bringing the goods i hate that trick you want to
2: (laughs) yeah i'm sorry i want to like it so badly but it's this laborious thing and i can't even tell you
0: you'll have to see the gary
2: uh, plants lecture to get this I would, information. I, I wanna like it. I know there's been studies. Look, I've done never to done it. the I'm... trick
0: ever. I've I like I have a version of it for multiple spectators. I've mm-hmm. did it for magicians, but never for the public because I think it's not right. It's not the right trick. But seeing this Gary Plants version, and it's actually. Francis Carlyle's version that was published in the Bruce Servan notebooks. Gary glommed it out of one line in the Bruce Servan notebooks and brought it to this convention. And this is why I probably shouldn't even be talking about it. But it's in his new lecture notes. If you go find Gary plants,
2: Damn. love Gary oh, plants.
0: It makes it so good. Anyway, oh. uh, the real, the real win here. In addition to seeing, and there's no real win with all, the whole, the whole convention was great, but Jared Kopf, baby. We have, I mean, we had Eric Tate there, our FISM uh, third place winner. He was great. Did a talk on shuffles and uh, and some snap deal work that blew my mind into the hands, into the spectators' hands, doing the snap deal.
3: Yes, yes I remember seeing a performance of him on penitella. He's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. But he's amazing. Jared
0: Kopf. We talked about him briefly before the show, and this is my plea to everyone to find Jared Kopf in your life. He Hmm. hasn't been out there a lot. He might have done a penguin lecture. I'm not sure. But this man does real magic and was the most inspirational thing I've seen since the last time I saw Jared Kopf, and that was two years ago. Wow. Maybe we can ask him to be on the show. Probably not.
2: Hmm. (laughs) 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 we just big this guy up like yo what up joker we hyped him up you know maybe like- i
0: mean maybe he would i feel like you know man i don't know
3: mm.
0: it's like I'm i mean. asking ricky j to do the show in my mind hey ricky you do magic guys with us
2: this is the best <laughs> magic podcast out there my friend everyone's Stoke, I'm not on dissing our podcast. I think this. I think
0: Jared's a very busy man. I don't think his head is in magic right now. He's very busy with music, if I'm being blunt here. I uh, he said he hadn't even been performing that much lately. I said, yeah, it
2: shows, <laughs> isn't that remarkable yeah, when you have those multiple wow. influences? Like one of the I remember when I was hanging out, um, my it might my, these coffees haven't kicked in yet properly, but um, puppet guy, come on, <laughs> what's his name? Puppet guy with the shadows.
3: Oh, um frame and throw
2: this is going to be good we're just going to play categories from now on this is going to be like that sort of thing where i just like pantomime things but i remember I'm, I'm hanging out with him and i was saying that like he's like what do you do outside of magic i'm like well i do this and i have music and i, I was in a band for 10 years before i got into magic and stuff so i'm pretty well versed in in music and he was very like he would just straight up went like why aren't you putting music in your act like you're an idiot I was like, whoa, ease up. He's like, dude, like put all your skill sets. He's like, I do mime. Mime's in my show. I do this. This is in my show. I do art. Art is in my show. And it's like, when you look at someone, you know, like Comfy was saying a moment ago, the fact that he's like so musically orientated or the fact that like Dom, you know, does cricket or that Josh does beatboxing, like it all makes a lot of sense, you know? Man, I can't keep a rhythm to save my ass. Divernon Vernon was the <laughs> Divernon played the piano.
3: There's a good
0: example. See what I mean?
3: Yeah. Ross Bertram was also a musician. You know, I'm he, pretty uh... good at
0: the nose flute. Have you ever heard the nose flute?
2: Shut oh, up! Do I it now. It.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but I've heard of it. <laughs> now I got to get one. the nose Sheesh. flute. Oh. So sorry to you, teams? Josh. Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I loved it. Loved it right back. Love it. Yeah, I I, yeah. I forgot a story last week and I was telling you on the phone when we were chatting about the podcast and I was like, I hope I remember this story now. And I telling you on the phone actually helped me remember it now. So that's good. Uh, yeah, doing some roving magic for a conference and there was this group of guys, you know, they've been there all day. So they're having a beer and they're just kind of in the mind frame of like, well, you know, we'll watch stuff. But, you know, we're just relaxing. So I do some magic and then this guy, towards the end of it, is like, uh, um, he's like, well, if you can do magic, like, tell me what's in my pocket. Like, can you do that? He's got his hand in his pocket. And basically, the end of the story is I nail exactly what's in his pocket. But it was, without realizing, it was like deducing the possibilities and channeling a little bit of Darren Brown. So this guy goes, if you're really doing magic, tell me what's in my pocket. And I look at his pocket and I just see his hand in it and it's very, it looks like there's nothing in there. So it's not going to be his wallet or his phone or whatever. If you know anything about conferences, they always load up the tables with um, Mentos mints. Like there's just Mm. tables and tables of these individual mints. And it's the end of the day. I know you're getting hungry. You're probably grabbing a few of them. So I just say, well, you've been here all day. It's probably a mint in your pocket. And you just see his eye go, oh. and I go, show everyone. <laughs> and he pulls it out and it's a mint. And I just walk away before they can even say anything. <laughs> and I just go to the next group.
3: Nice. Walk out of there nice.
1: like a champion. So that was a small <laughs> was a, win.
2: Yeah. That's a great moment. Those little moments right there, you know, like where you just yeah. throw a card out on the table and go, name any card. And they're like, no, I got to find a way to switch this. And they name the card. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Jedi all of a sudden Okay, um, I, have, I have two little moments for my uh, gig stories The first one is um, uh, I, I did a video for, um, for, for uh, Debo Perfecto Underscore Perfecto Who challenged me to do a thing on my Instagram Using a matchbox And his comment was just really, really nice And that kind of made my day So outside of that Saturday night it's rolling around I'm getting ready to go to my nightclub residency gigs That I do Always and I get this phone call from a woman in an absolute panic and she says, I have a magician that I've booked and he's just decided yes. one hour ago that he's not coming. I, I know
1: the other half of this story and I'm glad you got the other half. So that's good.
0: Well, were you the yeah, one that bailed it. Josh? Josh is no, like, <laughs> I'm out of this
1: gig. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's uh, <laughs> Anyway, it's a funny, it is a funny story, but. but.
2: I don't think we could share the whole story. No, yeah, probably not. Um, But. <laughs> basically i was like i i asked like who's this person it's like this is the person i'm like no way that's that person and so anyway we i get i get the phone call i go what what was up this and that but here's the thing so here's how i managed to pull it off to get there dressed and ready an hour before the gig i go okay answer my questions very specifically where's the event bang what time did you need me there this Great. I go, look, I can do this, but you need to give me six minutes to make a phone call. Boom, hang up the phone. This is like Mission Impossible stuff right now. And I go, bang, and I call one of my guys. I call Geordie Doust, awesome performer, super reliable guy. Geordie, what are you doing? Nothing. I need you to be here at this time. Can you do it? And he's so casual. Yeah, man, I can do it. Bless your heart. Bang, hang up. He goes and does the, the my gig for me at the whatever else. I call her back. I'm like, I've got this. You ready? Great. I'm sending you an invoice. I jump on zero, send her an invoice. She pays for it oh, immediately. Damn. All right. Bang, like paid immediately. Credit card, done. I then, like, it's peak hour traffic here in Melbourne. Now, I live five kilometers from the city. This gig was like uh, about that. It was just um, in South Bank, right? And I was like, okay, there's no way I'm going to be able to drive through this traffic and get there. So I throw on my gear, my helmet, my wrist gloves, and I have an electric skateboard that I used to get to my events. And I blaze my electric skateboard all the way there, right? <coughs> Cool I, just, that? I just blaze through traffic right and i have this amazing suit bag that like all my gear goes into i travel with it i fly with it so i get my skateboard and my flashlight and all my stuff and i just go like all through the city past the mcg through south bank i get to this gig i rock up and i was there 30 minutes before the gig started like i always am Get there, go up to my green room, put on my suit. I look a million bucks and I rock everyone's world and I no. get a wedding out of it. So it no. just like, it was just this. <laughs> Dude. And this is why I love this segment, because it's just an opportunity to kind of, I guess, record uh, and document these moments that we would ordinarily forget, you know. Yeah. So that's the that's what's great about gig stories. Holy. Holy. That's that and that has
3: to be worthy of a like and share.
1: One hundred percent. That was that's epic. Uh, what about you, Dom? Do you have any? You know, you've done some gigs, right? Like mm-hmm. I know you're busy with cricket and things, but do you have any stories yeah. of of performing to people that you have found
3: something? Stuck uh, out I, wouldn't to you? I've, I wouldn't say I've. I have to think about it. I haven't had anything like crazy happen to me yet, but I mean. I'm slowly trying to get out and perform, and um, I mean, I've uh, I've done two gigs recently. I did a, a community sort of gig um, at a, in a place in Perth called Belmont. Um, it was like a, uh, I think there was about four. I was doing roaming magic. There's like four hundred people, so I was just walking around during the middle of the day. It was, it was. I think it, the temperature was. I was in this suit and it was like 35 degrees i think and i was walking around for three hours doing magic it was so i was by the end of it my suit was just like drenched i had to go get it cleaned and everything so, yep. so that's um learn. yeah yeah and then um i um uh, pff, other than that i haven't really got anything crazy yet to be honest i don't know oh, if that's a good
2: thing or a bad thing so <laughs> question question to the group um you said that you were drenching in your suit, which makes me think that like, obviously you're performing when it is really hot. Um, Mm. Doug, do you perform in situations where it's like crazy hot? Because I'm in the coldest place. I'm in Melbourne where where it rains and snows and is sunny all in a single day. Yeah. But when we have summer, we have like crippling, crippling 45 degree, which I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, probably 6 million. It's the same in New Orleans. It's brutal (laughs) here. Yeah.
0: It gets really hot. It's just starting right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So what I do is I have I actually have three of these. They're called Arctic cooling vests, and they're worn by like athletes. Um, you see guys in Formula One wear them and stuff on on the on the pit where it's really really hot because those suits are like a thousand degrees. Yeah. And what it is, it's like it's like a vest that mm-hmm. you hold underwater. It, it has these gels that go through it,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: they expand, and then you dry it off, and you basically put it in the fridge, and then that freezes, and then I oh, basically break it. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I break it up. I wear it under my suit, like I wear this vest. I which love makes me this kinda, idea. Makes me kind of buff, which is kind of <laughs> interesting. That's what I need. no nice. <laughs> So so I put the vest on, <laughs> and then goes like my shirt, my vest, tie, and jacket, and I am eighteen degrees cooler than like, nice. the average bear. And I end up doing these gigs. Like the last time that I really needed it, I was doing a gig at a tennis club and it was 42 degrees or something. And it was a hot, windy 42 wow. degrees. Oh, nice. And so I put on the vest, I go out there and everyone's just out there in their shorts and their skirts and just living their best lives and they're drinking icy cold drinks. And I was just like three piece suit doing my thing and I was yeah. totally okay. Like, well <laughs> no, that's, yeah. that's
0: good advice, man.
2: Yeah. Do you guys, yeah. th- I so mean like
1: Josh- That's 107 degrees Fahrenheit just for reference in the man. US. Yeah. So for me, I I would love to try out these vests, and I know when when you came on for a, an episode of the podcast, um, pre-host days, I we talked about it. But for me, so Is he I, going to pee
0: again? I, Jesus Christ! I
1: think he's going to show us the vest. I think <laughs> probably a quick pee at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I I used to think I needed the jacket for my gigs because I just learned everything and pocket management right with the the jacket. So I used to do everything with the jacket, no matter what. But now I'm so comfortable in in doing my whole gig with just a waistcoat. So now if it's hot, I'll just lose the jacket. I'll lose my undershirt. I'll just wear a shirt, uh, like a you know a button up with yeah. a waistcoat. That's it. But let's check this yeah. thing out here. Look at this yeah. baby! All you right, go
0: look at pictures of Cellini from the old days. He's just working in a vest. He is shirtless, vest only.
2: Let's yeah, let's check out this vest here. So I have, right. I have two of these. I got an all. This, I got I got the blue one, but I got an all-white one as well because I wear black shirts and I wear white shirts. But each one of these gray portions, I wanted to show you there. Um, these are filled with um, uh, like a gel. gel. Um. At the mm. moment, it's not activated, so when you store it, they, they just become like cold crystals again. But then, when you want to, when summer comes around again, I'll bring it out. I'll do my thing. And, um, Tim's asking how long does this last? Comfortably two hours. Comfortably for two hours. Wow, um, yeah, That's amazing. and ideally, you want it directly on your skin. It can be a bit much, especially on the ribs, because like if it goes straight in your bone. <laughs> At most, I will wear a like a like a really tight workout. Kind of T-shirt, like you know the ones that you wear at the gym or whatever else. I'll wear that first, then this, and I don't get the freezer burn type feel with like direct ice on your body. But yeah, um, these are a lifesaver, and so I have three of them. Um, wow. I bought two. Yeah, so I bought one. I had it for like five years. It started to just like it, you know wear out because because what happens is I when it freezes, I beat the I beat the crap out of it trying to break the ice up so it goes around my body. Otherwise. It freezes like this and they have this kind of like bent um, Yeah. But these are an absolute godsend. <laughs> um, they are a couple of hundred bucks Aussie each. But when I did my lecture, um, Levant saw this and ordered two like that night because we're in Queensland and these are uh, sent out from Queensland. And he was just like, these are going to be a godsend because he does Disney cruise ships. And you were saying that, like, I just need something to keep me cool in between sets. And I was just like, this is it, man. This is the savior. So I, I, um, I've
0: used a product that's similar. It's a cooling gel and a bandana. And it yeah. wraps, so you'd wrap it around your neck to cool at least that area as the blood's going through. Keep a couple of those in a cool, like a cooler, a lunch kit is what I used.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's
0: something we have to like gear up and provides a little relief.
2: Hmm. Absolutely. Now, just so we're conscious of the time, uh, we well Dom needs to wrap up in the next four minutes. So Dom, how would you like to play out uh, your portion of the the podcast? Would you like to do one more trick?
3: Yeah, sure. I'd I, I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, we yeah, love you is- too,
2: too. We'll chat. You let us know when you're ready,
1: because I know. You- Great. I'll just yeah. pan yeah. my we camera loves- up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So we'll keep chatting away. But look, yeah, love having Dom on the podcast. And if you haven't noticed by now already, Nick is a solidified magic guy. It is official. And uh, you guys have mentioned that you love having him on here. So you're going to see more of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a different sound cue than I was trying to hit.
2: But I can't. not <laughs> can't oh, work. Nick K part of the podcast, it's man. A, I, yeah. the, How goes that? Like,
0: like, like, oh, it's that sound. That's fine. Yeah. Thank you for your
3: patronage.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah nice one. All right, take it away, Dom.
3: Great. Okay. So this is, um, I'm honored. This is actually, uh, this trick is making its debut for uh, the internet. So I'm, but but I'm I'm excited and nervous at the same time. I hope you guys enjoy it.
1: (laughs) Damn, man. Great work, great work. So I know we have to wrap up this soon because Dom is a busy guy. But Dom is actually working on a magic book, which we didn't get to discuss mm-hmm. a lot. But stay tuned for that, guys. I guess we'll we'll get updates. Where do updates people on... f-
0: find you, Dom, on the Insta? Is that where you? Have yes, you know?
3: mainly mainly on Instagram. I do have a YouTube channel um, that is slowly growing when I have when I have the motivation to work on it, but <laughs> mainly Heck, yeah. Instagram.
1: So wherever you're listening to this, Dom's Instagram link is already in the bio, and you can check out and watch his further magic career from there. Um, the magic books behind him, you guys will just have to try and decipher what is there, but yes. you can hit him up. If you need recommendations on books, hit up Dom. He even puts reviews of some of these books up on um, yes. on his Instagram. Yeah. It's worth checking out. But uh, Dom, sure. any any uh, sentence of wisdom you want to leave with the viewers as we wow. end the podcast?
3: i'll try my best i think just um my advice is i do magic because i enjoy it and if you really love what you're doing um your audience somehow can see that and they um they appreciate that so whatever you're doing do it with love love your audience love what you're doing and the rest will take care of itself (laughs) so there you go thanks for
0: listening it's time for us to disappear now disappear now but we'll see you again on the next
3: episode of the magic guys